You're listening to the Hill City Teaching Podcast, a recording of the Sunday morning service at Hill City Church. We would love to have you join us in person. More information can be found at www.hillcity.church. Good morning, good morning, good morning. Today is a good day. Um, so we've been in the middle of the series where we've been calling it Getting Over. I've been talking about kind of those, those big things that get in our way in terms of relationship with others, a relationship with God as we carry this baggage around, how it, how it affects other people's lives um, when we don't deal with our own junk. Uh, so much so that even though I was just walking on stage and I had to climb over these things because it was like right in the walkway, it just reminded me. There's baggage. There's baggage we got to deal with. And for a lot of us, uh, this series has been hard, uh, but also fruitful. Um, this series has been difficult to dig into just the junk of our lives and, and dig into pride and dig into fear and dig into unforgiveness and the effects that that has on our relationships and the effects that it has on the environments that we go into as, as followers of Jesus and the destruction that it causes. So we're going to continue that uh, series today. One last week, we're talking on the topic of jealousy. I got oh, I'll take it. Uh, uh, jealousy is one of those things that like, it seems childish in a lot of ways. Uh, we oftentimes, we don't, we don't recognize it. We choose to kind of ignore it, act like it's not that big of a deal. But jealousy has this unique ability to, to destroy relationship faster than most things. Uh, it has this unique ability to put a wedge between you and another um, so quicker than anything else. And this is a human condition. We've seen this since the beginning of time. We saw this in the very beginning with, with Adam and Eve. We saw with their two sons, Cain and Abel. Cain kills his brother Abel because of jealousy. We see relationships and family destroyed because of jealousy with Esau and Jacob. And then again with Leah and Rachel. Um, we see the youngest brother getting sold into slavery with Joseph because of his jealous brothers. We see the first king of Israel, Saul. Um, and his eventual demise um, because of his jealousy of King David, who was coming in behind him. In the book of Numbers, we see 250 leaders of Israel turn against Moses because of jealousy. And over and over again throughout the, the Gospels, we see the Pharisees of Jesus' day, the religious leaders, over and over again be jealous of Jesus, which eventually led him to be nailed to a cross. Jealousy is destructive. And it's a part of the human condition. We're all going to deal with it. And we all got to figure out how to overcome it. See, we're in a season right now at, at Hill City where we're seeing exponential growth in our people. Um, not numerically, that would be nice, but no. Uh, but in our people, right? We want to make disciples. That's at the core of everything that we do here at Hill City. We make disciples because that's what Jesus commanded us to do right before he ascended into heaven. We see recorded in Matthew 28. And we define disciples by Matthew 4.19. When Jesus looks at Simon Peter as one of his disciples and says, come follow me and I will make you fishers of men. So we define disciples as someone that knows and follows Jesus, right? We talk about knows Jesus, right? Deep in relationship with Jesus, walking with Jesus. He isn't a belief system or idea, but he's a leader to be followed. And he's a friend to be a confidant. And we're changed by Jesus. In the midst of that relationship, as we foster a relationship with God and we talk about the hard things and we deal with the sins of our lives, God starts to change our hearts from the inside out. And that's the season we're in right now. We're seeing a lot of changed hearts. If you looked at yourself today compared to you were just even two months ago, 
God's done a lot of work. You love God in the deeper way. You want to spend time with God in the deeper way. And you love people better because that's what Jesus commanded us to do. Now, you don't get to sit in seasons like this of great growth without the enemy taking notice. And I've been telling our leaders for the last few weeks, you know where the enemy is going to attack us? He's going to attack us in our relationships. He's going to come after our community. It's not going to be sin. It's not going to be some big, grand thing. He's going to come after to split us up. And that's what jealousy does. It tries to split us up. So much so that the New Testament church, as they were beginning, the, the, the writers of these letters talked on this topic over and over and over again. Paul tells the Galatians that jealousy is the fruit of the flesh. That we live in selfishness. We live about me, me, me. That, that this, this fruit is jealousy and it destroys. Paul then goes on and tells the Corinthians that jealousy is the opposite of love. He tells us love does not envy. We're called to love one another. This isn't what love looks like. Paul warns Timothy in 1 Timothy of the destruction that can come if his, if his community involves itself in jealousy. And finally, James, in his letter, lets us know that it's the catalyst of conflict in our community. It's something we got to pay attention to. And it's tricky. Similar to pride. We covered pride a couple of weeks ago. Like it likes to hide. We justify it. We, we, we find excuses of why it's okay and, and why we're allowed to, to, to live in this, right? Well, I don't have, so I should have, and God should give. And he shouldn't give it to them. He should give it to me. Now, that's a blatant way of saying it. That's not typically how it shows up in our lives, but that's essentially what's going on. So let's dive into this topic of jealousy today and look at the life that Jesus desires us to live in comparison to this life of jealousy. This is in James chapter 3, starting with verse 13. If you have your Bibles, if you don't, the verses will be on the screen here in just a second. Uh, if you are wise and understand God's ways, prove it by living an honorable life, doing good works with humility that comes from wisdom. But if you are bitterly jealous and there is selfish ambition in your heart, don't cover it up with truth by boasting and lying. For jealousy and selfishness are not God's kind of wisdom. Such things are earthly, unspiritual, demonic. For wherever there is jealousy and selfish ambition, there will be disorder and evil of every kind. This is how the enemy gets his way in. He's going to create disorder. He's going to create wedges between people. And we can't live in, in life with each other where I'm known and you know me without, the, like, without conflict showing up. Without being, well, why, why does he get to talk to God in that way and I don't? Or why does he have a relationship with that person and I don't? Or why does it seem like God's always blessing those things, but he's not blessing my life? Right? Those are the things that start swirling through our heads. That's how it gets you. It starts little and it starts to grow and it starts to eventually get to this place where it is earthly, fleshly. It's unspiritual and it's demonic. It's the enemy doing his work among us. Verse 17, but wisdom comes, wisdom from above is first of all pure. It is also peace loving, gentle at times, and willing to yield to others. It's full of mercy and it's the fruit of good deeds. It shows no favoritism and it's always sincere. And those who are peacemakers will plant seeds of peace and reap a harvest of righteousness. 
So here's the warning that James is giving us. He's painting two pictures. There's this picture that we walk in relationship with God, right? That this is where this wisdom comes from as we walk with God and the Spirit, our helper, comes in and and it teaches us and guides us and, and changes us and directs us. As Jesus comes in and prunes us, right? We get to this place where wisdom starts to be the norm. I think oftentimes we look at other people and go, man, I wish I, wish I had the wisdom that they had. Like they, they seem to be able to look at a situation and just figure out exactly what's going on. Yeah, that's wisdom from above. And guess what? You can have it. Scripture tells us if you ask the Spirit for wisdom, the Spirit gives. And it gives abundantly. So we look at other people's lives and we look at their, especially their life with Jesus. And like, I want that. You can have that. If you're willing to put in the work, if you're willing to foster the relationship, if you're willing to invest the time, if you're willing to be vulnerable, if you're willing uh, to do and, and let God lead as He desires to lead, you can have these things. We can all have these things. And here's the reality. If we're all walking with Jesus in that way, just think of the impact that we can have. All those people in our spheres of influence, people that, that, that we come in contact with day in and day out, that we now have an opportunity to introduce to Jesus, to speak truth into their life in a way that they hear us, which is mind-boggling enough in itself. But the thing that destroys that type of community, that community that walks with God, that community that has communion with God, that community that gets wisdom from God, when we start letting jealousy and selfishness seep its way in, when it becomes about me, 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 and what I'm not getting or what I want, and it starts to destroy it, And then others start to become the target of it. Well, why do they get that? Why don't they have to struggle with this like I have to struggle with this? That's not fair. God, why don't you provide provide for me like you've provided for everybody else? God, look at their life. Look how awesome the vacations they get to take that I don't get to take. Right? This is how our mind spirals and gets out of control. And this destroys community. Destroys relationships. It destroys what we're trying to build here at Hill City. And we want to be on guard for it. And it shows up in little stupid things. Why did that person text you and not me? Right? In the grand scheme of things, who cares? It's dumb. But that's how the enemy gets in. And then it grows. And it starts getting bigger. It starts to fester. And then I start to hate that person because of whatever they have that I don't have. And that's the thing we want to fight against. We want to avoid. But how do we do it? That always becomes the question around here, right? It always comes back to knowing God and following God, right? That's the core of being a disciple of Jesus. We know and we follow. That's where it's always going to come back to. If you're not fostering a relationship with Jesus or you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, if you haven't said that I believe that God is Lord and Savior, I believe that He died and rose again, if you haven't made that confession, that's where it starts. That's where relationship with Jesus starts. But if you've made that confession and you're sitting in this room, you've got to continue to foster a relationship. That's just the beginning. That's not the end goal. That's not you crossing the finish line. That's you just getting into the game. And as you foster a relationship with Jesus, just like you'd foster a relationship with a friend, sitting across the table over a beer or, or, or over coffee, like it's relationship. We're just trying to foster a relationship. And the same way you would build friendship with somebody else, you build the same way with God. You need to spend time with Him. You need to be vulnerable and honest and give trust. 
You have to take his direction and choose to be dependent on him rather than live a dependent life. We talked about that when we talked about pride. It always comes back to knowing and following Jesus. But here's some practical things when it comes to those specific places of dealing with jealousy in our own lives. First thing is this. Avoid places of comparison. Avoid places of comparison. The comparison game will eat you alive. If you're, if, you're, if you're pulling up Instagram every other minute just to see what everyone else is up to and see what you don't have, like that's just going to eat you alive. Get off social media. I was listening to a podcast a couple weeks ago, and uh, the guy on there is super rich, rich so he could do these things, but uh, super wealthy, and he uh, made a deal with his, his kids going into their teenage years. He told them, I will give you whatever car you want. I mean, whatever car you want, as long as you stay off of social media. But the second you get onto social media, car's gone. And he's like, I'll give, you, I'll, give you the, I'll give you the Maseratis and Lamborghinis of the world. Just get off of social media. Now, that's not practical, but, but that, that shows the, the, the importance of it, right? Of how destructive social media can be in our lives. Yeah, but how am I going to know if, if Sally Joe from high school got that dog? <laughs> Call her if you care enough to know. But it's going to suck you in. It's really good at it. Its algorithms are designed to suck you in more and more and show you all the things that you don't have. But it's not just social media. It's those friends groups that you go to from time to time. Or it's those TV shows that you watch. You're like, man, I wish their life... And it could be a wholesome show. It could be Leave it to Beaver. You're like, I wish my, my family looked like that family. Right? There's plenty of areas in our life, places in our life, that, that we play this comparison game. And it's a lot easier to fight sin when you just avoid it altogether. This brings us to our second one. Act quickly and call it sin. When you start to see jealousy show up, don't let it simmer. The second you, you, you hint that it may be, attack it, deal with it, bring it to Jesus and ask for forgiveness from it because it is sin. It's destructive. That's its nature. And we let it fester, it gets worse and it gets worse. And if we like, we're going to just manage it, it's not that big of a deal. Act quickly and call it sin because that's what it is. And in the midst of this fostering relationship with Jesus brings us to our next one. Pray prayers of thanksgiving to God and record them. Pray prayers of thanksgiving to God and record them. Make it a, a standard practice of your rhythms of life where you just thank God for the things that He has given you without worrying about all the other things that you want that He hasn't given you. Some of the secular world will call this lists of gratification. They figured something out. Right? Where, where are the places that God has provided? And write these things down. You, you need monuments to remind yourself of these. I, I have a buddy. He has a chicken that sits on his desk. Yeah, chicken, it's weird, I know. But it reminds him of God's faithfulness because God's been faithful in the past and got him through some difficult times to that place. Yeah, it's a chicken. Don't judge, no, it's fake. <laughs> guys, guys, don't focus on the chicken. Focus on what the chicken represents. Right? But, but we see this. <laughs> Elizabeth has chicken on the mind. Um, but, but we see this throughout Scripture too. Right throughout the journey with Israelites, God would do something and Jesus would ask them to create a monument to remind them of God's faithfulness, of what God has provided. 
But when we live in this place of, of thanksgiving, God, thank you that you've done all these things. But, but here's the other twist of it. When you start to feel the jealousy spur up in you of somebody else, thank God that he's blessing them. God, thank you that so-and-so is getting exactly what I want. I wouldn't say it so sarcastically, but... And then write it down. Right? Taking it so much further, right? Jesus tells us to pray for our enemies. This is that same lane. Not down the same road. I'm not saying they're your enemy, but like that's the same vein that we're called to live in. Pray for them. And record those prayers. Write them down in journals or on your phone in, in your notes app. Put them in a place you're going to see them on a regular basis. If, you need, if you're in a season where you feel like jealousy is coming up over and over and over again, uh, write, write all the ways that God has provided on, on your bathroom mirror so you see it when you get up in the morning. Hopefully, if you don't brush your teeth in the morning, I guess not, but that's gross. That's other issues. But like, play, put it in places you're going to see it to remind you of, no, God, God has provided for me. Like, look where my life is today, where it could have been if I didn't, one, come to know Him as my Lord and Savior. But two, all the ways that he continued to provide even after that. The blessings he still gives for whatever reason. And thank him for those things. And finally, if you find yourself in this place and you can't beat this jealousy, you've gone through all these other steps, you've tried to avoid those places, right? You've tried to to call it sin and and ask for forgiveness from those things and, and to repent and move on from those things. If you've gone through prayers of of thanksgiving and asking God to to let you focus on the gratitude, then do this. Tell a friend that loves Jesus and loves you in that order. Tell somebody. Bring the community into the equation. And I'll give you a, a courageous step. If the person you're jealous of is in the community, go to that person. And just be like, this seems stupid, silly, and weird but I feel like I need to tell you, hey, I'm jealous of you in this way. And you know what they're going to do? They're going to laugh. Not at you, but they're going to laugh because they're going to be like, you know all the ways that my life isn't together? (laughs) Because we're all broken, sinful people trying to live this Jesus life the best we possibly can. But we're still sinful people. There's plenty of areas in our life that aren't together. Right? I'm going to post the best picture I can on Instagram. I don't have Instagram right now, but if I did, I'd post the best picture of Instagram in my life. I'm not going to show you the wreck of it. That's crazy talk. But that's what we're trying to get to. Tell somebody. And if you can't tell that person, tell a friend that loves Jesus and loves you in that order. Why? Because he, needs the, he or she needs to want what Jesus wants for you more than what you want for yourself. You don't want a friend that's going to let you wallow in that. Be like, yeah, that's right. Where is God in that situation? That's ridiculous. No, you need a friend to go, no, look how God's already provided. Look at what God's already done. Sure, there's bigger dreams and we can pray for those things and ask for those things, but like, this is eating you up and this may be a dream that needs to die. Like, you need people that are going to speak truth into your life. That's what community, that's what the church is supposed to be. That's why we need community around us and people around us. So if that's the struggle, if that's where you're finding yourself, you don't, keep, don't seem to be able to beat it, bring somebody else into it. We got to bring sin to light. That's how sin starts to lose its power. Someone's got to know what's going on. So let's not let sin, let's not let jealousy enter into our community. Let's attack it quickly. Let's call it what it is. It's sin. Repent of it and move on. The beautiful thing about the grace of Jesus is he gives it freely. I need it today and I might need it again later this afternoon and I'm definitely going to need it in the morning but he freely gives it.
And that's the beauty of what he's entered us into through his death and resurrection on the cross. But let's avoid those places of comparison. Let's act quickly and call it sin. Let's pray prayers of thanksgiving. Let's tell friends who love Jesus and love us in that order. Let me pray for you. Father God, um, God, there's so many different baggage and, and things, God, that trip us up. God, things that, that keep us from deeper relationship, that keep us from living life your way. God, things that, that destroy relationship. God, call those things out in our lives. Whether it's jealousy or fear or unforgiveness or pride. Um, God, or a, a slew of other things that hurt relationship. God, speak to those areas and speak to our hearts in those areas. God, teach us to foster relationship with you deeper and better. Teach us to foster relationship with our community deeper and better. And God, when we see things that cause harm to our community, let's call it out. And let's bring truth into those places with great compassion and love. God, we love you. God, we thank you for all that you're doing in our hearts and our lives right now. God, we thank you for the growth that we're getting to see and the impact that we're getting to have. And God, I don't know what you have in exactly store this summer for us, but God, we're following your lead. Um, as this community comes together and we get to see you do miraculous and marvelous things, God, bring us along on that journey. God, we love this community. God, get, create that love even deeper for us. God, let us get to know this community this summer in deeper ways, not just as a whole, but individuals, people, because that's what matters. But God, help us deal with the junk of our lives so we don't carry it into those relationships. Let us be a place of hope because that's what you've given. Let us be a beacon of hope in this city because that's what you've called us to be. And we pray these things in your son's precious name. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Hill City Teaching Podcast. We hope it was helpful to you to become a more devoted disciple of Jesus. More information can be found at www.hillcity.church.